All right, so uh, we're continuing to look at our uh, spiritual journey and growing. And um, so I've got some questions up here. What do people want out of marriage? What do they want out of family, social groups? Uh, just what, what do people want? So we're, we're just brainstorming. So throw out some ideas real quick. Acceptance. Acceptance. Safety. Safety. Enjoyment. Enjoyment. A place to belong. Okay. These are these are things that people really, really deeply desire. Okay. God created us with this desire. And uh, one of the things we're going to see as we grow in Christ, as we grow in, in, in our spiritual walk with God, we're going to find that God meets our needs. Okay? He is Jehovah Jireh. He's the provider. And so when we look at what he provides for us, sometimes we sell him short. And so uh, and this is common all over the world. It's not just it's not just in a Judeo-Christian world, but today we'll be looking at wrestling with acceptance, true acceptance, and, uh, and, and how God views you. Because how you think God views you alters your reality. It shapes your reality. So, I mean, I grew up in a family that... Uh, it, it, my mom and dad, they yelled at each other, and uh, they fussed, and uh, 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 no physical blows or anything like that, but they, they argued with each other quite a bit. And they made sure that we as kids, when we overheard that, they made sure that we realized we disagree about this, but, and we disagree strongly about this, but we're together, we're not going to get a divorce. You will always have a home here. We will always love you. And they reinforce that. And, and uh, you know, Cheryl and I don't yell at each other. Uh, we disagree with each other, but, uh, but we don't yell at each other. And sometimes we do need a little bit of space. And, uh, and we come back together and we talk about it and, um, and stuff like that. But having that acceptance has given me so much confidence as I approach the world. So that I go into a group that doesn't necessarily accept me. I mean, I've been in some places that were quite different than I am. And I always knew my family's got my back. My family loves me. They accept me. Okay? I've, I've been many places in the world where I was in the, uh, the ethnic minority. I mean, I remember one time I took my family to, to Wuhan, China, and... Uh, we spent five weeks there, and one day we're on a bus, and we see some, a Western family. I mean, we're in a city of like 10 million, and, and it was like week four before we saw anybody else that wasn't Chinese, okay? Uh, so you can, you can have those kinds of experiences, knowing who you are, knowing that you belong to God, and knowing how God looks at you, views you as a person, changes your interaction with other people, and it gives you a confidence that cannot be replaced. 
Now, people have tried to win God's favor, to be accepted by God in a number of different ways. And I've got some pictures up here. Uh, you know, some of them just, they, they just tear me up. Uh, you know, we got, we got uh, ancient people that are ripping hearts out of people, looking to sacrifice. I've got to kill somebody else in order to please the gods. Throw the virgin into the volcano. Okay. I got to, you know, I got to do, we got to do something. Uh, the crops aren't right. So we got to do, we got to kill somebody. We got to sacrifice somebody in order to win God's favor. We got people that, you know, they're trying to bribe God. Uh, uh, you go into a lot of Asian uh restaurants here and you see the lucky cat okay little cat with a paw doing this and you see some money down there okay first time I went into uh, my favorite restaurant which is closed up now but uh, 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 but anyway it's a uh, you know there were there was little bananas out there and uh, and some grapes and stuff like that in front of some little Buddha okay what are they doing they're they're they're, they're feeding the Buddha they're feeding the Buddha. You, you go, you know, I've been to Hong Kong and, and you just see ashes all over the floor. And I'm going like, what are, all over the ground in the street. And I'm going like, what are these, firecracker papers? No, these are pretend money that we burn up to please our Taoist gods. Taoist or Taoist gods. Uh, you know, we've got the god of the sea and the god of this. Okay, there are people in the Philippines that don't just don't just beat their backs until they're raw. There are people in the Philippines that literally every year go through physical crucifixion, nails through through their hands and feet, in order to what win the favor of God to prove their devotion to God. Okay, so this is a different world than the Bible describes. So I want us to look at some passages this morning, and so I'm going to break us up into some. Uh, so, so I'm going to say, uh, let me give you. Uh, I'll give uh, different tables a number. Okay, so I'm going to put all of y'all together as a one. Okay, y'all are a two, a three back there. This is a four. Uh, can we put y'all with these three guys here as a five? Okay. Uh, these two tables as a six. I'm sorry, as a one. As a one again. A two, three. Uh, let's have y'all get with these girls. Uh, so, what did I say? Y'all are two. Y'all are three. Okay. And uh, y'all are these two tables are four, and y'all in the back are five. Okay? All right. Ones. I'm going to give you the job of doing Ephesians 1, where you're actually looking. You each are going to have one scripture. What I want you and your group to do is to meet as members. Then you're going to read that text out, li uh, out loud, somebody in the group. Not real loud. Okay? Uh, and then write a summary. And I'm talk when I say summary... I mean three to four succinct sentences. If 
If you've been through high school, you ought to know not to use a run-on sentence. So don't just put all 12 verses, you know, don't just recopy them. I want a summary. And, a, and, a, and don't just say, and, 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 and make it into a long paragraph. So I'm wanting a, I want a summary, a synopsis, okay? So a summary about God's acceptance and what God, what this scripture says about God's acceptance for us. And then to choose a person to read the sentences that you write down. So you're writing the sentences. Be conservative. You're not saving paper. You're saving our time. Okay? So I don't care how large you write the sentence, but, but you write the sentence and make it a succinct sentence. 12 to 20 words. Okay? <laughs> All right. So ones, ones you got Ephesians one, twos you got Second Thessalonians two, thirteen through seventeen. Threes you have Romans five one through eleven. Fours you have Romans eight twenty two through thirty, and fives you have Hebrews ten one through eighteen. Okay. Go ahead and begin. Get with your groups and. So we're supposed to get you can, with the other two? Yeah, get with yeah, yeah, get with your other people. No, 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 I'm sorry. No, the table groups that I assigned. There are two groups of two. There are two two groups and two one groups and two three groups. You're just a table, that's correct. A powerful table, but a table, nonetheless. Carol and Todd, y'all are with them now. When y'all, yeah. Who'd I put y'all with? That table over there? Yeah. Y'all can stand if you want to. It's fine. Um, Y'all make sure and include everybody. Yeah, we are. Okay. Good. Yeah, we got to Boaz, good to see you again. Thank you.
This was just a ploy to get me a donut. <laughs> Good to have you back. choice or theirs? The salvation of the Spirit makes you whole and that's why I'm Talks a whole lot about blessings. I just kept reading, I was like, it's in the section Three more minutes. Okay. I was you were in We've got some good stuff. You got the right answers? Oh, yeah. They're right. Okay. Yeah, that's I right. use Slater. When I said succinct, I meant more than two words. I can, I can we looked up the that. answers on Quizlet. Our passage. Mm. Is that good enough or no? That's, that's close. Okay. <laughs> we looked up on Quizlet to see if there are any similar. Oh, yeah. Things. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever made an assignment that was similar to a Quizlet. What's the thing? That's the thing. I was like, honestly, there's so many Quizlets out there. I mean, it's pretty much <laughs> any shit you did about trying. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> the problem is, though, is so many people make Quizlets, and then like one of the answers is wrong, and so you go through. And you've got it. You've got to fact check everything. So it's it's really like you just have to. It's like, picture, it's like yourself or something. Just a short version of Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine, but you always have to fact check. It's like one thing. Um, and what about the 
part of his acceptance is giving us that in, what did you say? Y'all getting the right answers back here? Probably not. Those your sentences? Good. Good, good. One more minute. <laughs> Thirty seconds. All right, we do want to, uh, we do want everybody to be able to hear these, uh, to hear these words. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to quickly read through the passage very quickly and then, uh, and then we'll have, I'll read the, one of the passages and then, uh, and then you jump in with, uh, with your group and uh, give us your sentences. So I'll start with Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be uh, for the adoption of to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. By the way, the literal translation there is in which he did make us accepted in the beloved. So he made us accepted. He freely gave us something. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding he made known to us the mystery of, the, of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who are the first to put out uh, to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory and you also were included in Christ when you heard 
the message of truth, the, uh, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Ephesians 1, folks, over here. What we got? Yes. Excellent. And Ephesians 1, folks, here. From creation, God wanted us to be with him. We are chosen. We have a purpose. So, from the very creation, God chose you. Okay? Let's look at Romans 5, 1 through 11. God's given us these blessings. God's given us his glory. God's given us these things that it mentions in Ephesians 1. Let's look at Romans 5, 1 through 11. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have, been, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which you now stand, or we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character and we and hope that uh, does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we now have been justified by blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Uh, not only this... Uh, not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Two's over here. Oh, sorry, three group. Three group. Yeah. Romans 5 passage. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we started off as God's enemies, but through his son Christ Jesus' death, we become his friends. And as new friends, we gain endurance and strength to face trials in order to reach salvation. Although we may not be willing to die for others, Christ died for us, and in his death we are saved. Yeah. You are saved in the death of Christ. It is not your works, it's not what you do, it's what Christ did. Okay? So, um, and uh, Romans 5 over here. Oh. Even though we were sinners, Christ died for us to reconcile us to him, and in his death we are built up in faith. Um, his grace produces a hope within us, and because of all this we can trust in him. Yeah, we can trust in him. You got more? No, oh. oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Okay, so... These are things that Paul says are guaranteed for us. Okay? Guaranteed. I like it when God makes a guarantee. So, Hebrews 10. Uh, that's a rather lengthy passage, but I, want, uh, but I do want you to hear it. So, um, so let's go. The law, uh, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. Wow, there's a 
There is a scripture for me. There's a scripture for you. I'm just going to say this. A lot of times we look at the stuff around us. We look at the crud of the world around us. And we think this is reality. Keep in mind what he's telling us in the Hebrews passage is you've only got a little tiny perception of reality. There are greater truths that you are unaware of. Those things are real, just as real. So, uh, so let's hear what else he has to say. For this reason, it can never stop... Uh, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly, year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. By the way, today is Rosh Hashanah. Okay? The beginning of a time of basically purification that leads up to Yom Kippur. Okay? The Day of Atonement in the Jewish calendar where they sacrifice things. And so... Uh, so uh, so it's very appropriate that we read this passage on today. Uh, over and over and over again, making these repeated sacrifices. Otherwise, they would have stopped. Uh, otherwise, they would have uh, not. Wouldn't they have stopped being offered? For the worshippers would have uh, been cleansed once for all. Would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said. Sacrifices and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. <coughs> then, then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First he said, Sacrifices and burnt offerings uh, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, Here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifices of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, the priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when the, this priest had offered talking about Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins. He sat down at the right end of God, and since that time he waits for the enemies to be made his footstools. For one, uh, for by one sacrifice he's made perfect those uh, those who are being made holy, made perfect forever. The Holy Spirit who also testifies about us, uh, first he says, this is the covenant I make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Okay? Amen. Hebrews. Sacrifices do not take away sin. The sacrifice of Jesus took away our sins once and for all. God doesn't want sacrifices. He wants obedience for us and a relationship with us. Yeah. Yeah. And Hebrews over here? Yeah. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. I remember when my my wife was uh, giving birth to our daughter. Uh, it was her. Uh, it was our first child, and uh, she was our first child, and. Um, and Cheryl got toxemia, and the doctor said, we're going to take the baby tonight or else they're both going to die. Okay? Uh, I, was, I was up at Fort Knox. I drove 
uh, I may have exceeded the speed limit that time. Um, I, I drove down to Knoxville, or down to Oak Ridge. I get to Oak Ridge, they say, we're gonna move them to Knoxville. If we don't, then they'll be in two different hospitals once the baby's born, so we're gonna take, gonna take her. So they take her, and I'm in the ambulance. We get in there, and we're in some room, and it's just like the world is dark to me. And I'm on my knees praying to God, God, if you need to take me, don't take her, don't take the baby, give them life, okay? Now, that kind of reaction is a human reaction, but I want you to see that that's not how we win God's favor. That's not how we win God. Would I give my life for my wife? Yes. As, as the other passage said, for a good person, somebody might be willing to die, okay? But that's not how we win God's favor. No amount of sacrifice on my part is going to win the favor of God. Beating myself, being crucified, giving up chocolate for Lent, okay? I don't care what it is, that doesn't win the favor of God. Fasting, Jesus' disciples fasted, but those kinds of sacrifices are not to win God's favor. You don't fast to win God's favor. You fast to allow your will to become one with God's will. You fast and pray. Okay? So, we just need to keep these things in perspective because through generations, Christians end up, people end up distorting God's purposes. God's purposes for the sacrifices of bulls and goats was never that those things would remove their sins. Those things only pointed the way to Jesus who removed our sins. Okay? Romans, uh, Romans chapter 8. We know the whole creation has been growing, uh, groaning in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through words wordless groans and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose for the, those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters and those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. Amen. Let's hear the Romans passage over here. We are adopted as God's children. We hopefully wait for what is not seen. The Spirit helps us, prays for us, searches us when we are not able to ourselves. God calls us, justifies us, and glorifies us. I just love being at North Boulevard. I get up on a Sunday morning sometimes and, and, uh, and they have me lead a prayer or something and I look out into the, into the congregation and I see person after person after person that has been adopted into a family. I see families that have adopted this person. And what I don't see is, I don't see those children trying to earn their adoption. They're now children of that family. They've been given un, un, 
warranted love and favor. They don't try to earn it, okay? I love that. I love that adoption concept, okay? Let's hear Romans 5 over here. What we got? Or Romans 8, rather. Creation longs for redemption, and the Holy Spirit intercedes for us in our longing, because God's original plan was to justify and glorify His creation. Yeah, God's plan from the very beginning was to glorify you, okay? From the very beginning, as soon as people started sinning, God intended to justify you, to make you right, to make you just. And he did that so that he could glorify you. He could put his spirit inside of you and have you shine from the inside out. And Okay, so Moses, you know, in Corinthians, uh, Paul says, Moses had to put a veil over his face because he would come into the presence of God and his face would glow so much and people couldn't take it. They said, we can't, we can't be around you, okay? So he had to put a veil over his face, okay? But the Corinthian writer, Paul, tells us that God's, God's intent is to actually give you that glory from the inside out and to increase it day by day by day. Instead of we come into the presence of God on Sunday morning and then we look like the world by Tuesday afternoon. Okay? God wants to put that in you and keep it glorify you. Okay? Good. Uh, Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians. But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you to be his first fruits and saved you through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, through belief in truth. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord in Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Okay? Second Thessalonians. Um, he, God chose us. He called us. He offers us mm -hmm. partnership that he doesn't have to or that we deserve. He's a place of eternal encouragement, comfort, and good hope in grace. And that is a manifestation of it, his acceptance, and then he accepts our thanks. Are we hearing that God accepts us? That God's giving us grace? Group. Yeah, yeah. In our other group for Second Thessalonians? Yeah. By the way, the world has such a twisted view of what we do on Sundays. Uh, I, I remember seeing some uh, some little snippet, uh, and I don't remember. I think it was Beavis and Butthead. I'm not sure. <laughs> it was okay, but but basically, the the guy was uh, was about ready to go off to uh, their neighbor was about to go off to church camp where he could learn to be more judgmental. Okay. That was their view of what we do on Sunday mornings or at church camp, okay? 
That's not what we do on Sunday mornings, not at North Boulevard. Mm -hmm. If it is, you let me know because I'm one of the shepherds and we'll, we'll change that, okay? That's not what we're about. We're about encouragement. When we get together, we, wanna, we want God to encourage us when we come together. That's what RFC is about. On a daily basis, you're over there on campus, some of you, and, 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 and it's very discouraging. Being surrounded by so much evil, we need to get together and encourage each other. Encourage each other that God has got you. God loves you. God cares for you. You are accepted by God. Not to stand in judgment and condemnation of each other. Okay? Okay, did we get all of those? We, okay, we got all of those. Good. Okay? So, wrestling with the acceptance of God. Okay, my favorite story in all the Bible is the story of Jacob. Okay, because when I grew up, my mom taught us it was wrong to lie. But somehow she didn't mention deception. Or you got around that. Twisting the truth a little bit or embellishment, right? So I grew up thinking that these were godly traits. <laughs> They're not. They're not. They're ungodly traits. Okay. Jacob is actually, it means the deceiver. So if you're not familiar with the story of Jacob, some of you won't be. I want to go through it very quickly. Jacob is born. Brother Esau, they're twins. From the very beginning, Jacob's grabbing the heel of Esau. He's trying to be the firstborn. Okay. Uh, but Esau's the firstborn. So, uh, so he gets the blessing of the family, which means he's going to get all the property, all the sheep, all the goats, and everything. So, uh, so Isaac's getting old, and uh, and so he ends up. Uh, Esau comes in. Jacob tricks him out of his blessing, his birthright, and uh, and Esau sells it for nothing, which tells us a lot about Esau's character. But. Um, he sells it for basically nothing, and then uh, Jacob's got it, but he's got to get it out of his dad. He tricks his dad with his mom. He's conniving. He's cheating. Okay, he's cheating the whole system. And, and so then uh, his brothers are about ready to kill him, so he leaves the country. He goes off, finds a wife somewhere else, falls in love with her. Uh, so before he can marry her, his father-in-law tricks him, and they live for a bunch of years in this other country, uh, this other area area and uh, and so he ends up getting married uh, to the original woman that he fell in love with as well as her sister they have uh, concubine they have uh, servants and uh, and so he has children by all four of the women and so he's got 12 sons uh, this is uh, this is Jacob we're talking about, and so Jacob has 12 sons. He's got lots of goats and sheep and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he's always, like, tricking his father-in-law, uh, trying to maneuver and manipulate people. That's what he is, a manipulator of people. Okay? He gets a vision from God, go back to the land I promised you, and on his way back to the land, he, he actually, like, his wife st steals from her dad, right? Uh, steals the family idol, and uh, and he covers up for her and, and, and stuff like that. So they, you know, they escape, they're on their way back, and his brother, who got cheated years before, hears about it, and heads over with 400 men. Read in there, 400 armed men. Okay? Small army. 
And so he's headed that way with sheep and goats and stuff like that. And, uh, and so what he says is basically, let's put a group of people up here with the sheep. And let's put another group of herders up here with the goats. And another group with the camels. And another group with the donkeys. And, and so when my brother comes, say, hey, here's your donkeys. Here's your sheep. Here's your goats. Here's your... He's trying to buy his brother's favor. Okay? And then he, then he puts like his servant women and their children and then behind them are his, his least favorite wife and her children and then his favorite wife. In the very back is Jacob. The very back is Jacob. Okay? They get to the river. They all cross the river. Jacob goes back across the river and spends the night where he encounters an angel who asks him, they start wrestling. And he asks the angel who, who he is. The angel says, no, you tell me who you are. Okay, what's Jacob got to do? Jacob's got to say, my name is Jacob. Jacob means deceiver. He's got to say, okay, they get in a, they get in a, a hole. I don't know, uh, Carson, where are you? Didn't you wrestle? Yeah, 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 yeah. He puts him in a hole. He puts him in a hole, like locks his hip and and like he twists his hip out of place. He's got a dislocated hip, but he still won't let go. And so he says, who are you? And Jacob has to say, I'm the deceiver in Hebrew. I'm the liar. I'm the cheater. I'm the deceiver. At which point the angel says, I will now give you the blessing. Now that you have confessed who you really are, I'm going to give you the blessing. And Jacob no longer has to try to win God's favor. Jacob has gone through a conversion experience where he realizes that God, who has been looking after him all of these years, the whole journey of his life, God, and he's got this huge blessing. Jacob then goes past his favorite wife, past his second favorite wife, past his concubines, past the goats and the sheep and the donkeys and the camels, and he goes and he meets his brother with confidence, knowing that God's got his back. I just, I love that because that's the confidence we can have in the world. That's the confidence I have at school as a teacher. That's the confidence I have when I go somewhere in another country. I don't have confidence that that other country is going to treat me nice. Okay. When I smuggled Bibles into China, I didn't know. I, they could have put me in prison. Okay. I didn't know that China was going to be nice to me. But what I did know was that God had my back. That's what I knew. When I went down with Hurricane Mitch, into, I mean, literally, my brother and I were like, there were half a dozen of us on an airplane headed into Honduras. Thousands of people died. Okay, we're headed into Honduras to help a children's home. Everybody else is headed out. Okay, what gave me the confidence to go into that figuratively burning building was the fact that God had our back. Not that we would be safe from disease, not that we'd be safe from the storm but that I could live in the presence of God. And I had peace with God. If I have peace with God, it changes everything I do. Who I am and how I interact with the world and how I interact with people. Okay? Here's what I've got for you for homework. Yeah, yeah, got homework even in Sunday school class. Okay? Homework.
is to read each of these passages. I've got five of them. Five passages, five days, and reserve one day for a fairly serious reflection. Maybe journal. You might write a song about your acceptance or a poem. Okay? Depends on your artistic ability and your expression. Okay? Five passages in five days and one day of deep reflection, journaling. And I would encourage you maybe to share that acceptance with somebody else. Just tell somebody else about how you are because of the way that Jesus is and God views you. You're welcome to take a picture of the slide. I'm sure Carol will send it out in the email. I want to close this with a prayer. Our Father God, I ask that you bless every one of us, Lord, that we realize what we truly have in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Our relationship with you, Lord, is not based on our sacrifices. It's not based on our appeasement of your anger for, because of our sins. Lord, we know we do things that disappoint you. We know we do things that don't honor you. And because of your spirit within us, Lord, we want to do better. But we know that that power is not within us. It's within you, Lord. And so we wait patiently, groaning, like in childbirth, Lord, groaning until you make your image perfect in us. We're excited about what you're doing, Lord. And we ask for your blessings as you have promised them in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Bless every one of you.